This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jacobs. This is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. Thank you guys for listening. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul and Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Enter in Cold Negro. Save 10% on your next order. We have really, really cool new hoodies and new scullies and a bunch of other fly shit. As I burp because I got, <laughs> I drunk some beers, some porters. Some dark coffee porter stout. Shout out to my brother DJ Ambush. We caught up at Craft and Draft and had a couple of couple of brews and chopped it up just a little bit. Um, today is Monday night and it's the day after the Super Bowl. And um, yeah, well, first and foremost, I'm not talking about the Super Bowl. I am kind of glad the NFL season is over. Um, Kaepernick didn't play at all this year, and I think officially, I don't think he's ever coming back. Um, which is good, which is fine, you know. Um, I had a couple of conversations about it where it was just kind of like uh, a lot of people got really, really frustrated about a lot of the artists that ended up participating in the Super Bowl shit, performing or being a part of the festivities, and it just dawned on me. I don't know if I talked about this the last podcast, but it was just kind of like, you know, when when I talk about the Negro League, and why this podcast is named that. The Negro League is something like very, very um, interesting and near to dear to me, right? It's like when you had the Negro League, you basically had black culture kind of dependent on everybody. So if you had the Negro League, you had black-owned baseball teams, you had black-owned bus companies, you had black hotels that we stayed at. You know, when we had the game, we had black vendors, people fixing chicken and some shit like that. Not to be stereotypical, but... It was a, a really dope black economy. And the thing that killed it was Major League Baseball's integrating, you know? And so there's a level of it being difficult to understand that balance, right? Where you could get into a situation where you can integrate without losing your independence as a culture or as a race or as a community. And unfortunately, I think that's why you can't get out of the NFL as black folks. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's one of those things where when we're highly integrated in the NFL, it makes it difficult. It makes it hard for us. That's why the NFL don't take what we're saying seriously. Like, they don't give a shit about any protests because we can't take it seriously because 80% of the league is black. So if you sit out and protest because of Colin Kaepernick, there's probably 10 more reasons why you should watch it because you have a cousin that play for the Vikings or something like that. Or, or you know, like in Atlanta, it was the Super Bowl was in Atlanta. And so there's like a, probably a lot of black businesses that benefited by all these NFL players coming into town, specifically <laughs> the motherfucking strip clubs. Like there was a, a story that Vice did on it where you got like women driving from motherfucking Houston for Super Bowl weekend because they're like, yo, we're going to make some money. And so in a certain regard, I get it. You know, I understand that. You got to kind of take that with a with a grain of salt. But I think ultimately what it boils down to is that 
you don't see black culture able to stand on its own. Sorry. Nigga trying not to get a cold. But um, it's sort of like the Negro League thing where it's just like, all right, let's say all the black people say, yo, we're not playing in the NFL anymore. Where are they going to go? The Canadian League? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it's difficult for there to be a revolution without there being retribution, without us figuring out a way to have something where we're not dependent on others. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm a big fan of a lot of those guys, like the Jack Johnsons of the world and, and the Sugar Ray Robinsons of the world and, you know, Mike Tysons of the world, that regardless of how they are, if they were deplorable or assholes or, or you know, the Mayweathers of the world, you actually saw free black men operating in a sport where you don't have to worry about a fucking owner. You don't have to fucking worry about, you know, contracts of other players. It's no salary cap league. It's just free ass shit in the sense of this guy can say what the fuck he wants and not worry about the repercussions. And that's like a free ass man. Like Muhammad Ali was a free ass man. Who was he working for other than himself? You know what I'm saying? So there's, there's certain things that I, I think are really, really interesting and in, in, in the NFL kind of brings like a magnifying glass to it. Um, I just think it's funny that the blackest motherfucking city in in nation, <laughs> you got Maroon 5 performing and Big Boy kind of trickled in there. You know what I mean? And it's no judgment on Big Boy. It's like I can understand from his perspective where it's like you want to stand behind Cap, but then shit, nigga, the Super Bowl is in your city. You know, this is your city, which is kind of interesting of how the game has just changed completely because I remember just a year ago when my fucking Eagles won the Super Bowl, we were like, yo, outcast, Super Bowl 20, 2019. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I think the, the cool shit was listening to the Dan Lebertard show today, and they went the entire three hours, and they didn't bring up anything about the Super Bowl, which looking at the score, it looked pretty awful. Um, so... I'm just glad that shit is over. Um, but I don't know what's next in that regard of Kaepernick. Um, I think that he's going to be uh, that guy that is the human sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really think he's going to be that guy that uh, it's going to be no more for what he does off the field than on the field. You know? And I support him for choosing it. And if he... Didn't choose to do that, I would support him. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I think I think we got to have the ability to be both, right? It's like, <laughs> black folks, yo, we got to figure out a way to know how to deal with all these things. I'll give you an example, right? We don't know what to do as far as, like, where to put our anger, where to put our outrage or whatever. And the thing about it is things are really nuanced, right? It's like, that's why comedy is really big with black folks. And and I really feel like a lot of shit with comedy, a lot of people say outrageous things, and I know there's a lot of blowback on comedians nowadays, especially like a lot of the Louis C.K. shit. But that's he's always been that comedian, you know, regardless of what transpired behind closed doors with, with those women and the shit was ugh. But he's been that same guy. So to retroactively pull out old jokes that we've heard before, it's like, man, I don't hold them to that certain standard. And, and i give you another example. Um, we just found out, <laughs> we found out that uh, 21 Savage is, is from London. And, you know, that's with a grain of salt because there's probably a Caribbean island that was owned by the British, you know. Um, but 
that's not gonna stop us from getting these motherfucking jokes off, right? Like that's not gonna stop us from like laughing at the idea of this nigga having tea and crumpets and and speaking like motherfucking Idris Elba and Luther, not the wire, right? And so can we acknowledge that yo getting snatched up by ice is a very very sad thing separated from his kids is a bad thing we we can acknowledge that and we can also make these jokes all right and i i'm not above making the jokes and i tell you why right like i saw people get really really angry and frustrated and outraged and like we shouldn't make fun of this we shouldn't laugh at this i'm like man look we come from a culture that collectively when dave Chappelle made a song or in a video about r kelly pissing on girls we laughed right I'm not saying it wasn't funny but we did that. We laughed. We laughed. Like, let's, let's stop with the moral police shit, right? We we a culture, a culture, collectively. How many times we laugh at OJ jokes? How many times we laugh at that? How many times we laugh at, like, you know, the Chris Rock shit where he was, like, talking about uh, I wouldn't support anybody murdering their wife, but I understand. That was like fresh after that shit happened. It wasn't like, you know, the retrospectives we have like 20 years after the fact, right? That was like fresh and we laughed at that shit. So it's like, man, it can be both. <laughs> it could be a tragedy and we could still have these jokes. Like I don't put nothing beyond that because like us collectively, black and brown people, like we've gone through a lot of shit and that's kind of our healing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, man, it can be both. So I... I contend that we can wish the best for 21 Savage. We can say and acknowledge it's a terrible thing. And we can also acknowledge that jokes are funny. And you know what? And I think he will probably laugh at the motherfuckers too. Like, we 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 have to be better than what we're doing, right? It's like, there's so much shit that we're just getting angry about. And like this whole canceled culture. Like, oh, he canceled. Like, man, y'all don't even support motherfuckers that y'all support, right? It's like... There was this thing that I saw was this, this the headline was like Liam Neeson, you know, taken and, and Schindler's List and and uh widows. He made a comment about wanting to kill a black guy, right? And the headline is like, ooh, okay. You know, he was he was basically he basically offered information that he really wasn't necessarily asked, right? And I feel like he basically said that there was a friend of his that was raped. And he wasn't sure who did it. And she claimed that she thought it might have been a black dude, right? Which is always the case when they say that, right? But but, but he was like, he was frustrated when his friend was raped. And he just like was just mad. Like, you know, he just, he was kind of like, I, I was in this rage where I just want a black bastard to run up on me so I can have an excuse to kill him. And that sounds deplorable. That sounds horrible. And I'm not outraged about it. I don't care. Like, I don't care. And 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 what I mean by that is it's like, yo, this dude was acknowledging this shit in a sense of him acknowledging how wrong he was. Right? Like we can't demand honesty from people, especially in a vulnerable public level, and then as soon as they give it, like, whoa, 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 that's too much honesty, right? It's like and it's funny, like niggas talking about Liam Neeson is canceled, what you're not gonna go see Taken Twelve, like that is that what it was? <laughs> like like you were in line for all those motherfuckers. You were in line for that, really. So you're not gonna you're gonna you're gonna be like, I'm glad I didn't get that fandango ticket. You lost my twelve dollars. Like, let's just stop. <laughs> let's just stop with the outrage shit, man. I 
think that's that's kind of why like nothing that is intended to be shock porn anymore. I think that annoys me more than anything else because like what the fuck else can shock you? Like what Donald Trump is president. What the fuck else can shock me? Hmm? Like what's gonna shock me? So if your intention is to make art with the intention of shocking people, you're wasting your fucking time. <laughs> like we survived two girls in a cup. <laughs> like what the fuck are you, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just sit your monkey ass down and do whatever the fuck you was supposed to do. You know? Gosh, that shit just drives me up the wall. You know? It's it's funny. Um, I had an art show. The reason why this is late is we had this art show this past uh, weekend. Shout out to all the homies that participated in this art show. It's called Love and Hip Hop, and it was a hip-hop-inspired art show. So, so I had, like... Um, a lot of the homies that I know, uh, shout out to infamous John Claude from Kentucky, shout out to Goldie Gold from Atlanta, uh, shout out to the homies Dre and Sammy from here in Columbia, uh, shout out to homie Sanford who was on a couple of episodes of the podcast ago, and shout out to to the homie Chris Charles who drove from Raleigh out to here, so my man drove three and a half hours to come to the show. We had some of his photography in there, that's my brother, it's the homie, and hopefully I'll get him on the podcast soon. But, you know, we had a really great talk and we talked about... Um, <laughs> This is a perspective for you, right? We talked about the the African American um, Museum in in DC, and I've been wanting to go um, for a while, you know. And one of the things that we realize is that we always like overthink it. You know what I mean? Like we call it. What is it like? Um, paralysis by analysis where I'm like yo I want to go to this museum it's in DC let me figure this shit out how am I going to figure this out blah blah like going through this whole thing and I'm thinking that you know flights hotels all this shit's going to be just expensive and paying the ass and I bumped into my homeboy Hank here a few months ago and and you know he lives in DC and he's just like yo man as a black person in America you got to experience this shit like so it's kind of like one of those duties right it's like it's like 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 muslims got to go to mecca type of shit you know and i talked to chris about it and he was just giving me the rundown like he's like yo there's five levels and he's explaining it to me and like one is a music level the motherfucking mothership is in that bitch like the george clinton shit and i'm like oh my gosh i got to figure this out and i'm looking on the phone on my phone at some new jordans and shit like oh oh the laser fours, oh, they're on sale. Mm. You know what I mean? Like two hundred, but there's there's a coupon to get them for one fifty nine. You know, and I'm like, I'm looking at some J's to get, and I'm like, hold on, like, like what do these tickets look like? There's a plane ticket from Charlotte to D.C. and the shit was one forty eight, and that's with tax. One forty eight to fly from D.C. fly from uh, Charlotte to D.C. round trip, and I was like, just book it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we overthink shit. Like, for the price of a pair of shoes that you was going to get, your monkey ass is going to get, you could fly and do something. I'm going to fly there on a Monday, come back on a Wednesday. I'm going to give myself, you know, a day of some change and go through this whole thing. And it's dope because I totally would have been contemplating making the trip for months. And I'm going in a couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like, like so it's like, if there's anything that, that I want to have as a reoccurring thing for 2019 to be on is... is I don't want to overthink shit. And I think we do that shit all the time. You got a dope idea, do the idea, right? Speaking of ideas, and I'm going to say this because when I record this shit, I hold myself accountable, even if none of y'all monkey ass niggas listen to it. But um, 
I started a book club a couple of years ago called The Black Book, and the, and the book club was basically, yo, let's have a book club. We need, we read nothing but books by black authors, you know? And, you know, I got caught up, got tied up with a bunch of shit, and, hasn't, and I haven't revamped it, but I wanted to extend the idea and be like, yo, instead of it just being a black book club, what about having it as a black pop-up bookstore? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I go on my Facebook page and I'm like, yo, y'all got some black books to donate, holla at your boy, donate them here. And you just set up a, a, a black pop-up where there's a lot of these dope books that my mom have from like the 70s and 80s. It might be like a, a, a reproduction copy of of a, a James Baldwin book or Kindred or something like that where you go on eBay, it's not $1,000 or nothing like that. It's probably worth 10 bucks, but it's valuable to somebody. And it's, and it's, and it's us. You know what I'm saying? And I think that if I get enough of our people to to donate, I think it'd be fresh. Matter of fact, fuck it. As soon as, <laughs> as, soon as I record this, I'm going to make a post about that because that's something that it's so easy to not do it. But just do a pop-up. Find a dope spot, set up on the street, go to the hood, pop up. You know what I'm saying? Have it set up. Like, yo, you want to buy some black books? You want to donate here? You want to pick one up? Let's go. I th- I think that's fresh. I think that's what we need to do. So... I don't want to overthink it. It's a dope idea. I don't want to overthink it. So by, by next month, it'll be in, in full effect. Got this wine. I don't know if this shit tastes bad or not. It's about a wine drinker. So it's like I got this red shit from uh, the, the two buck chuck. And it might have been in this house for two weeks. I don't know. Liquor stores closed, nigga. <laughs> so if I get sick of throw up on this podcast, that's what happened. And if I did throw up, I'll just keep it in there. I ain't gonna edit that shit out. I'm like, yeah, okay, fuck it. You know, only both <laughs> two people gonna hear that shit, right? But um, nah, I, I just, I just, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm overthinking stuff. Like I was talking to a friend of mine. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a DC trip. And she's like, well, who are you going with? And I'm like, going by myself. She's like, oh, I'm like, yeah. It's like, you know, we got to, we have to be, we have to be diligent in, in understanding that sometimes where we want to go, we got to do that shit by ourselves. Am I right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like there is a level of, there's a level of us knowing that sharing shit with people is dope. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a level of sharing shit with with people you love is is fresh. And it's fresh because nobody wants to be out here alone. You know? Nobody wants that shit. And and what I mean by that is like I remember I went to Japan and I went out there by myself. I'm traveling for like 24 hours, all these connecting flights. I don't know what I don't know. I don't know how to fill out the customs forms. By the time I got there, the customs form was in Japanese, all this crazy shit. But there was this moment where when I was uh, flying into Tokyo, this shit looked like a screensaver. (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? Like It looked like a screensaver. It looked like something that, you would see on a postcard and there was a moment where I was like fuck I wish I had somebody that could just see this with me and get it you know and it sucked because I don't have the words to explain how fly it is but at the same time I really have to understand 
that if I waited on somebody to make this trip with me, this shit wasn't going to happen. So I'm going to call it the Jordan Challenge, that if you buy yourself four pairs of Jordans a year, you know what I'm saying? It's two, 250 sometimes, right? Take one of those pairs of shoes that you would have gotten. Get yourself a plane ticket somewhere. It don't have to be anything extravagant. Like, it can, you know, I live in the Southeast. You know what I'm saying? You can, I can fly to New York for 200 bucks. Matter of fact, plane tickets to New York was 150 bucks. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like I don't think about it until I think about it. And then when I look at it, it's not that big of a fucking deal. And it's like, yo, what's the use of having all your monkey-ass Facebook friends People liking your posts and shit like that, laughing at your memes. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm going out of town, make a post. Be like, yo, nigga, I'm be in New York. Yo, nigga, I'm going to be in D.C. Yo, I'm going to be in San Diego. Who got a couch? I mean, we should get something out of these, <laughs> this Facebook shit. Like Zuckerberg already spying on you. Might as well get something out of it. So those are my challenges for 2019. Like, let's go somewhere. Like the Jordan challenge. Like, like take, a pair, take some money that you was going to spend on some kicks. Buy a fucking plane ticket with it. Right, that's something that Nikki Giovanni told me personally years ago. She said, "I was like 19." She says, "Yo, if you do anything with your credit, if you got anything with your credit cards, travel, travel with it." And and that shit stuck with me. And I haven't done it in a while because you know life getting away. But travel, get get your monkey ass out there somewhere. Um, I can't wait to go to the museum though. I, I feel like that's going to be some incredible, amazing shit. So, crossing my fingers that uh, everything comes together for that. And um, you know, I got some pop ups coming up with the with the clothing line. Um, shout out to everybody that supported. Shout out to everybody that uh, told somebody about one of the Prince shirts or the Sade shirts or the Mo Better Soul joints. Really, really excited because you know, <laughs> sometimes I forget. Like, oh shit, I am a black business. You know what I mean? When people be talking about black businesses and shit like that. I'm like, oh yeah, oh, okay. Shout out to Rutina Wesley from. Uh, Queen Sugar, who uh, who gave me an uh, address to send some joints to. So hopefully one of these days she'll be rocking something on her Instagram page or wearing that shit on Queen Sugar or something. I'm like, God. <laughs> but shout out to everybody that shows support, man. And, and I really appreciate it. Really dig it, really dig it, really dig it. Um, this is like the lull of the year, right? It's like, you know, you got like Valentine's and shit coming up. I think, what's coming out? Is John Wick coming out this month? I don't know. But it's like this is like the dead time of the year where it's like nothing comes out. NFL is over. You know, the NBA is is kind of getting in its stride, but it really doesn't do something until uh, you know, the summertime. So it's like niggas like, what do we do now? <laughs> There's no new movies coming, you know, all the television shit. I, I'm on True Detective. I went through episode five. I uh, I'm worn out. Like I'm, I'm bored to tears, man. I really, really hope something happens. Somebody, <laughs> something needs to happen. Um, but uh, man, shout out to uh, speaking of like the British shit. What we were talking about, <laughs> we were talking about uh, Twenty One Savage, Old Girl and True Detective, Carmen Oyogo, Oyogo. Uh, that's playing the wife of the character played by Mahershala Ali. Amar called me enough for her. She plays in um, she played in that movie a long time ago with Eddie Murphy, the Metro movie. So shout out to her. Um, other than that, man, I ain't been watching shit. I ain't been paying attention to shit. I, ain't, you know, Oscars are coming up. Black Panthers nominated, and a few other 
funky ass movies are nominated. I'm surprised Bill Street didn't get any, any nominations worth a damn. I think um, Regina King will win Best Supporting Actress. But outside of that, I tell you what, I don't want to hear this year. Especially talking about the whole Negro League thing about having our own shit. I don't want to hear anything about Oscar so black or so white this year. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm sick of it. I don't care. It's like the funny shit about it is when do when did we value the opinion of the establishment? And when I say the establishment, we traditionally mean white folks, right? And that, but that's you know that's stereotypically what we think it is. We think of that. We think of the Grammys as the establishment. We think of the Emmys as the establishment. We think of the Oscars as the establishment. So like when they don't acknowledge us, we get angry. But it should be on some Negro League shit. It's like, you know, niggas value an Oscar more than they value an NAACP Image Award. I talked about it before. I, I I stand by that. You know what I mean? And I get it. Winning the Oscar is dope. You know what I mean? But but I'm not going to get frustrated if the Oscars overlook some shit because at this point, why are you going to be surprised? Why are you going to be surprised? So... I don't want to see. I don't want to see the outrage of Black Panther. <laughs> don't win Best Picture, and it probably don't deserve to win Best Picture. <laughs> I mean, if it's an MTV Movie Awards, most popular shit, yeah. But but who cares? I don't. I don't care anymore. Like I, I just want to find some new shit to be mad about. I want to find some new shit to argue about. I want to argue about my future. I want to argue about my credit score. Getting better. I want to argue about hotel accommodations when I travel somewhere. Those type of arguments I want to have in 2019. All this other monkey ass shit. Take this monkey shit off. You embarrassing us. Rest in peace, Pimp C. And I'm gonna close that shit on that shit. You know what I'm talking about right there. You know what I'm saying? Let me stop. <laughs> oh, the podcast man gotta be consistent. I just want to keep doing it and keep going. And um, I appreciate it. I'm a single person that listens to this thing. Um, that's it, man. This is the uh, Negro League Podcast, sponsored by More Better Soul. Go to morebettersoul.bigcartero.com. Enter code NEGRO, save 10%. And um, I fucks with y'all. I appreciate it. Peace.